Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised in Joel 2.28, and we equip for the outpouring so that we may engage in the outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have a special guest with us, Gene Little, who works with us in our Israel ministry, and he is one of our speakers at our upcoming convention, 2021. June 29th through July 2nd, and we want him to give us a sneak preview of what he's going to be bringing to this convention, because it's really, really important to be sharing the Word of God for Israel for the next generation. Welcome, Gene Little. We're so glad to have you with us again. You've been with us before, back in episode 24, when you were sharing with us about your new book, Final Harvest. Mm -hmm. And that's a really important message, too. How many books have you written? Seven. Seven. Wow. Wow. And, mm -hmm. and you've been with us in this ministry for many, many years. Even before you came to be on staff, you were part of this ministry. But you've been in our Israel ministry for over 20 years now. Yes, yes, we have. Um, as part of the House of Peace, which is located in Jerusalem, that we have a open-door ministry to the Jew and the Arab, as well as the Christian. And we do a hospitality ministry there, and prayer and teaching. Tremendous. So how did you actually get started in this whole Israel thing? I think I'll blame my wife. <laughs> <laughs> now, my first interest in Israel, I really think, was uh, piqued by we, my wife and I attended Christ for the Nations, and they had a great love for Israel. And as students there, we just kind of were grafted into that love. And because of that, uh, we just uh, seek hard after the Lord and love of the Jewish people. And then from there, we became a part of global outpouring of the ministry. And this ministry, during every convention, had an Israel day, an Israel night. And we got to meet a lot of people, uh, Jew, Christian, Arabs that love Yeshua, and some, they, they just, they love the land. And we became part of that. And I'm just as much Israel now as Israel is part of everything else. I love that land, and I love the people. So how did God put you there? Another miracle that happens that uh, we were here in a tremendous uh, teaching meeting. I think uh, Derek Kuhn had a vision at the time, and he said, really, this ministry, Global Outpouring, should establish a house in Israel. And people just started giving. Then Sister Gwen Shaw sent us over to look for a house, and uh, we were able to find the house uh, through different ways the Lord had just confirmed it to us. And the greatest miracle was that this little ministry was able to purchase the land and the house uh, some 22 years ago, and that she sent us over there as administrators. So how did that make you feel when you got sent there? I just was, again, <laughs> in wonderment yes. that God would pluck such one as I out and send us into the nations, but that had been as our heart always that we had prayed, even from our youth, Lord, send us to the nations, send us to Israel. And the Lord confirmed that prayer 
and we have been there ever since. Uh, it's engraved in my heart. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's one thing to move across a, a state or a city or east to west, coast to coast, but to move to another nation yeah, as a whole new dynamic. How, how did that mm -hmm. change you? I had been in the military for uh, 12 years before I entered into the ministry, and we had been overseas and had been stationed in Italy. And coming to Israel at first reminded me of coming to Europe and being a European nation. But then the longer I got there, uh, we started making friends. And, uh, you know, I would see not only the history of the place, but Jesus as well, and uh, just the love of the land. And mm -hmm. I just uh, felt grafted into the land. Yeah. You know, I remember watching you blossom, mm -hmm. going from being on staff here, and you really were changed. Mm -hmm. You you came into, it's like you came into your destiny. You mm -hmm. really did. It, it, it opened up a whole new uh, teaching ministry to you. You mm -hmm. had already written a book or two, mm -hmm. but you began to really write a lot after that. And, and you've got some really good books about the parables of Jesus, and, and uh, you have a tremendous devotional about Jerusalem. Uh, so tell us what is on your heart now. My heart is found and expressed in Psalm 78. And I am really, I am a boomer. I'm from the boomer generation. I turned 75 this year. In Psalm <laughs> 78, uh, David writes and said that when we, what we have heard and known and our fathers have told us, we'll not hide these truths from the children, showing the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength to establish a testimony in Jacob and appoint the law in Israel which they commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, which should arise and declare. I feel, I have a burden on my heart that the generation to come, the millennials, X, Y, and Z, or whatever the generation is, they need to know the truths about Israel, the Jewish people, and how much Jesus and the love, what is on God's doorstep. Mm -hmm. I feel the big question we get asked living in Israel is, where are we on God's time clock? Right. Yeah. That's and, critical. Uh, mm -hmm. That's critical. And they don't like that. Sometimes I say, well, God's got the pause button pushed. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think that's true. You know, sometimes I think it's uh, uh, maybe Psalm 83 war or Isaiah 17, but I've seen just he has the pause button pushed because he's working with his people and he's working with his believers overseas, too, that God is working, especially that he desires to bring a greater knowledge of the truth of what Israel is and the Jewish people to the generations following. Yeah. That's tremendous. Yeah. So you have to start at the beginning. You, there's, yes. there's, there's the land at the yes. beginning. Tell us about it. One thing, I back up a little bit. This Psalm 78 where it says, to tell to the generations following is called a mashkil. And a mashkil was something, a saying that was so worthy, it should be written in gold on the side of the temple. Wow. And wow. so we need, as adults, to tell the next generation following. And why part of the burden of my heart is, is that these generations' surveys have shown that the younger generations are losing their love for Israel and the Jewish people, that they're being turned away, that they did not grow up like we have, 
where we would saw Israel fighting for its very existence. Yeah. That the people from those that recovered from the Holocaust, uh, they came into the land and they settled the land. And today, Israel is seen in a different light. It's not the underdog anymore. Right. Israel and the Jewish people are seen as a greater power, as a superior power. And so a lot of the younger people are taking up the Palestinian cause. But to backtrack... Let's start in the beginning. Sure. Let's start with the first promise that God had. Okay. That the Lord told Abraham that when he made a covenant in Genesis 15, that I make a covenant with you and that I'm giving you the land as right. well. And God made this covenant not only for the land, but for the people, and that he would give this land for the people to come and this was his land. That's right. And when we look at Israel, it is the promised land. That's one of the names that is mm -hmm. called. God promised this land, not only to Abraham, but we see Isaac and Jacob. We see coming down Moses, that Moses, uh, after they wanted, they came in. It was called the promised land. It's also called the holy land or the good land and the land of milk and honey. Mm -hmm. And all these truths are here today that uh, we see even the Lord said that he's married to this land. It's true. And I think of the generation to come, the generation following, part of what just makes my heart grieve is a lack of interest in reading the Bible, of seeing the biblical promises that the Lord has reserved for this people and this nation. So I would urge the younger generation to come back and, and look at the Bible and read the Bible. And, mm -hmm. you know, my wife and I have started a daily program of reading through the Bible in a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a little bit of the Old Testament, Proverbs, Psalms, and then we go into the New Testament. And it's amazing how much our faith is tied up mm -hmm. into this land as well. It's true. So not only is the biblical revelation of what that land is about— and and that's the land that we see that David and Solomon and the prophets Elijah and Elisha were there and Isaiah, but Jesus as well. And our birthplace of our faith comes from that Absolutely. land where yeah. we have uh, from the upper room. But I would also look at biblical archaeology mm -hmm. and, and that this is a place that they have made so many discoveries in the last, since creation of the state, since 1948 and even before, that what is in our Bible is proven through the discoveries of archaeology. It's true. They found in Caesarea, they found a little stone carving that the Latin had carved in with the name Pontius Pilate on it. So mm. he really existed. Yeah. Not only the archaeology, but the history of the land. I think one of the things I had to do in coming to the land was learn its history. In America, I've been a student of history. Maybe we'd learned 200 years back, 225 or whatever. Israel's 5,000 years back. Right. Yeah. And that is just <laughs> a biblical history as well as the current history since the creation of the state. Some of the miracles that we can see in coming to Israel was in 1867, humorous Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. went on a voyage uh, of really, they call it the Innocence Abroad. Yeah, that doesn't, that's the book that he that's wrote. That's the book. I have a copy in 1910, but he wrote a copy in 1867 when he came back. And wow. 
This is what he has to say about the land. It was a desolate country. This is he's describing Palestine. Desolate country whose soil is rich enough but is given over wholly to weeds at a silent, mournful expanse. A desolation is here that not even imagination can grace with the pomp of life and action. We never saw a human being on the whole route. There was hardly a tree or shrub anywhere, even the olive and the cactus. Those fast friends of the worthless soil had almost <laughs> deserted the country. Wow. wow. That's the way it was in 1867. That's a description. That's not the way it is now. Oh. <laughs> no. God has brought his people back. Right. And he didn't bring them back to Palestine, did he? <laughs> no. <laughs> the word Palestine is a misnomer. Right. And I think... Uh, so much of the world has been uh, missled by that term. Well, you know, we, we also have the scholarly works of the 1800s to blame for that. Yes. Because yes, we those, do. those scholars, they talk about Palestine in the days of Jesus. Well, it wasn't called Palestine in the days of Jesus. No. It was... So they, they have contributed to this. And, you know, they didn't know better because it was known to them as Palestine, but that was under the Turks at the time. Yes. And the original term Palestine came from the Romans under Hadrian even before when the Jews under the Bar Kokhba rebellion uh, caused such damage to the Romans that they ended up driving the people out and sending them out to the other nations, the diaspora. Mm -hmm. And there was hardly anybody that was Jewish left in the land. There were some, but not there very many. There were some, not very many. And then they went ahead and changed the name of the land from Judea Samaria to Palestine. And Palestine was kind of a insult, really, because it derives from the term Philistine, mm -hmm. Philistines, and they were the arch enemies of Israel. Yeah. And even today, when you hear that, and the Palestinians today have taken that name as their own identity, and there are no more Philistines, but they have taken the spirit of the Philistines mm -hmm. upon them. And when you hear the name Palestine in Arabic, it's Philistina, Philistina. Yeah. And we have this again and again up there, but Israel is not Palestine. It's always been Israel. Even when they were scattered abroad and it was under the British mandate and called British Palestine, when they came back, the first thing the country did was, we are now Israel. Mm -hmm. And I often think that Israel today is a lot like Jacob that as a nation, mm -hmm. Jacob had to wrestle all night, but he would not let go of that angel of the Lord without a blessing. And the angel said, all right, I'm going to rename you. Not, you're not Jacob anymore, the schemer. You are Israel, the prince of God. That's right. I believe the nation today is much like that, that they have to wrestle against uh, those that would rise up against them mm -hmm. until they have the victory. And they are a princely people waiting for the Messiah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, it reminds me of um, how Israel was in, was in Egypt as slaves— they were there for over 400 years while this little family became a nation. Mm -hmm. It took about 400 years for them to, to go from being a family of 70 to become a nation. And then when they came out, they came out as a nation. And we know after David died and he turned the land over to Solomon, and then when Solomon died, there was a split. And the 10 northern tribes became known as Israel and the southern tribe of Judah, along with Simeon and probably Benjamin, 
some of Benjamin, Benjamin anyway, yeah. uh-huh. um, they were known as Ju- Judea. So that's where you get the name Jew from, is from Judea, Yehuda. Yehuda. The name, uh-huh. the name of the son of Jacob, uh, Yehuda or Judah. In the days when it was time for Israel to be birthed out of Egypt, they were praying for a deliverer, asking God to send deliverance. And in that time, there was this horrific killing of the babies. And they were trying to get rid of the, the prophesied deliverer. And the same thing happened when, you know, it was time for Jesus to come. And Herod learned from the wise men that this king of the Jews had been born. And what did he do? He slaughtered the babies. So when it was time for Israel to be reborn, what did we have but the Holocaust in yeah. World War II? Yeah. You know, it was, it was Satan's attempt to keep God's plan from coming into fruition. And, you know, here we have this repeating history and, and now we've got a generation that doesn't know this history, so they can't really relate. So how can we help this? I think there's an old saying that those that forget history are condemned to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And I think we need a rebranding or a change of heart or thought of what Israel represents. These are God's people. Mm-hmm. And these are people that even though... They are not as close as uh, if we're believers would like to see them. God has still got them in his hands, and he's going to work with them. He didn't call them chosen people for nothing. He chose him to not only share their light with the Gentiles, but they were stewards of the Torah, stewards of the scriptures, Mm -hmm. and they have kept those all these years. They were also children of the covenant, and uh, when we look at this, that uh, I think we just need to look at this land not as a superpower, but as a nation that God is still working with. Right. Yeah, if I can interject here, too, about God's covenant with the Jewish people, it's like if you look at uh, Nazi Germany, 60% of the doctors and lawyers, I believe it was over 60%, were Jewish. Right. I mean, the lawyers, the attorneys, the doctors, 60% on a population that was only about— 2% Jewish. So that gives you an idea of the covenant. Yeah. And uh, through history, they were not allowed to own land right. in many places. They were expelled. And and so they invested in gold, money, jewels. jewels it's like yeah. a, the name Jew, you know, J, what is, how do you say jewel? Like mm-hmm. a jewel, J-E-W, and the name of God is L, like Jew L. You know, I don't know if anybody's mm-hmm. ever, wow. ever put that together, thought. but you know, <laughs> it's like that's that was God's covenant blessing was in finance, right? And God promised that kind of thing to Jacob. Yeah, you know, you you, you will be blessed. Yeah. So don't be angry with them because they have blessings. God did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to speak about some of the miracles before I get. Also, want to talk about the Palestinian-Israeli question and why we're having warfare, but. Three of the things that happened, one was the restoration of the Hebrew language. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how Ben Yehuda, who is a great hero, and I have a little pamphlet here from 100 years ago. He He died in 1922. The last word he was working on was translating the word soul into the Hebrew language, which which was nefesh. But he created— the first Hebrew language dictionary. He took a dead language and brought it 
back from nothing. And yeah. there is a verse in Zephaniah 3, I believe, that it said, I will restore and bring a people of pure language. Yeah. Many people feel this refers, this pure language refers to Hebrew being restored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is so, before he died, even he could hear the little children speaking Hebrew. It wow. was taught in the schools. Yeah. And to go there today, to hear it even on the children's mouths, and mm-hmm. it is just a language of the land and a great miracle. Also, it says in Amos that the waste cities shall be rebuilt. Right. And remember, I talked about Mark Twain and how mm-hmm. the land was desolate, but they've come in since 1948, drained the swamps, and brought and built the waste cities together. And this is all in a land the size of New Jersey. Yeah. And even smaller than that. <laughs> yeah. So they shall plant vineyards. That's Amos 9.14. And when you go, some of the best world-famous wines are grown not only in the Golan, but in other areas down along the coast. And so the waste cities have been rebuilt. They, they shall plant vineyards. It's come. Mm. And, but better than that, the Lord said, I will plant them as a people there. Mm-hmm. And so they have been... 71 years now as a nation, and we have been there since, uh, well, I remember wow. planes flying over in with 50 coming over, uh, celebrating the 50th anniversary, so that's mm-hmm. at least 21 years or more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have stickers in my Bible from the yeah. 40th anniversary when we were there for the Feast of Tabernacles. You yeah. Know, of being a nation 40 years, and yeah. hey, that was 31 years mm-hmm. ago. Wow. Now, when, when Israel came in, they just didn't have the land all by themselves. There was uh, an Arab people there. And in the beginning, they did live at peace, although in the 20s, they had numerous rebellions mm-hmm. that were stirred up. And the British were supporting the Arabs over the Jews. And I've heard told that many of the British thought the Jews and some of the first Aliyahs returned came from Russia. And they thought, well, we have a communist nation down here and we don't want that. Mm. But, oh, okay. uh, you know, originally they did establish kibbutzes and they're very socialistic in their outlook as a nation. But that has changed over the years and it's more of a democracy now. But when I look at the last election that Palestine was going to have, they have not had an election since 2006. And so they're. And how often are they supposed to have one? Yeah, every four years. <laughs> and, you know, it's just not important to them. And so their leader, who's 85, President Abbas, canceled the uh, election. Yes. And they really, when you look at Palestine, it's divided. It's a divided people. Uh, the Gaza Strip is ruled by Hamas, a very terroristic faction that Iran supports. And it's like a thorn in Israel's side. We just come through a war with over 4,000 missiles have have uh, been fired at Israel. And Israel tried also to keep the, the death toll down on the other side. But we had, with the election in the West Bank, as they called Judea and Samaria, there was 32 parties and over 1,000 candidates running to the prime minister and, oh and also wow. the parliament there. You'll never get a majority that and, way. No. But Abbas canceled this election on May 22nd, and there was so much anger, he blamed Israel for it. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. But 
most of, I think, every one of the 32 political parties there, their shield and their slogans was from the river to the sea. So when you hear a lot of two-state solutions, it's not going to work uh, because nobody's going to be happy with the whole land. Mm -hmm. And I have traveled through the land. I've traveled through Palestine. And everywhere you go, you see the shield or the map of Israel, only it's labeled Palestine. Yeah. So you get this undercurrent here that we want all the land back mm -hmm. and the Jews need to go back. However, I think, I know they're fighting against God. Yes. And that as much as it looked like uh, they shall not succeed, because when God is in it, God had promised Abraham, I will bring you as a people back and I will plant you in this land. That's right. So you've got this undercurrent here of incitement. Mm -hmm. And I have watched Palestinian TV. It's regularly played. It's taught in the books that we want to throw off the oppressor and this land is occupied. And however, that grieves my heart mm -hmm. because if the Palestinians would lay down their arms, we would have peace. But if Israel would lay down its arms, it would cease to exist. Right. Wow. So mm -hmm. the hatred is, but it can be overcome with a lot of love. And I see, I've known some Arab Palestinians that as soon as they receive Jesus, mm -hmm. they find a deliverance yes. and that they become a great love for the Jewish people yep. and that we have peacemakers there. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring up a short little vision. I was down at Jericho uh, a number mm -hmm. of years back and we were there by the tree of Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> they said that this... Uh, Sycamore tree. Sycamore tree was the actual tree that Zacchaeus climbed up when <laughs> Jesus came by. And Jude asked me, he said, uh, Brother Gene, do you think that's the real tree? And I go, I don't know. But I know that Jesus would have passed by very close to here. The second I said that, boom, the whole van was filled with light. It was like an explosion of light flew wow. all through us and through it. And not only that, when we were hit in that second by the light, our breath left us. Wow. Oh. And we were just stunned. But I heard then the still soft voice of the Lord say, I am still passing by this way. Wow. And that mm. is my hope and my prayer, especially for the Palestinian people that at Jesus is passing by that way and that they would learn that this quest towards violence has no fruit and no. that they can find peace through the peacemaker, the true peacemaker, not peacekeepers. This land is filled with peacekeepers, yeah. but they're not keeping much peace. We right. need a peacemaker, and that's through Jesus Christ. And I would just, as part of the land there, uh, going back and forth, I have seen people transformed overnight with the light of Jesus coming through them. Right. And you have two mm -hmm. places there. But when we look at this area against Israel, there's been a number of wars. And, and I know God keeps testing his people and, and allowing these wars. Possibly, I, I know it is, to bring them back, to look to Yeshua, mm -hmm. to look to Jesus for their, for their strength, and not in the hand. But uh, we have experienced a lot of wars through terrorism, bush bombings and uh, ambushes and home invasions. There's also an economic war that's being mm -hmm. raged mm -hmm. against right. Israel. Uh, boycotts and sanctions, divestment. We have a cultural war going on between East and West as well. And we have 
I could go on a political war, a land war. Uh, there's so much little land. And you know, the Catholic Church and the Greek Orthodox Church are the second biggest landowners in the nation. Wow. Because, wow. And they have a lot of land. Even the land the Knesset is on is leased to Israel for 99 years. Oh, my goodness. So. Between, and we have a media, wow. a media war as well as a religious war between Islam and Judaism and Christianity. But the greatest war that I want to look at is it's a spiritual war that's yes. going on mm -hmm. right yes. now. Yes. And if you can't see, Satan is trying to come in with his hand. He know, knows that his time is short, right. yeah. that the time with the, the Messiah is coming soon. And if you knew that, you'd want to stir up as much trouble as you could. <laughs> so we yeah. come there and we pray. Mm -hmm. Every week we have a prayer meeting and teachings, and we pray and intercede for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes. Yes. And the word Amen. says to give God no rest till yes. he makes Jerusalem a praise in all the earth. Yes. I believe that. If you ever think that your prayers can go up there and not give God any rest, but we want to see this city, which is a burdensome stone to many, to the world, and a cup of trembling, I want to give God through our prayers no rest, Lord, no rest till you make this place a peace in all the earth. Yes. And uh, to live there, you, you've got to know that, uh, hallelujah, we are just going to pray through for the victory. That's right. Amen. And where, where is that scripture found? That in the King James is, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. Uh, that is Zechariah. Zechariah, yes. And I think I have that. Or in some um, translations, it's called a cup of poison. Yes. To the nations that come against it. Yes. Um, it's in Zechariah. And while we look for that, I did want to say that it says in, in Zechariah chapter 8 that many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and pray before the Lord. Yeah. And there is such, before COVID hit, there was, I think, a million people had come there's something about Jerusalem and Israel that yes. draws people to come in. Maybe you don't even know why you're there mm -hmm. until you get there. Yeah. And then, oh, this is it. And you might have a personal appearance like what happened to me, or even the Lord could come into your heart. But I like verse 23. It says, the Lord in those days shall come to pass that 10 men shall take hold out of all the languages of the nations, and shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, that we have heard that God yeah, is with, with you. you. Now, yeah. I used to think it's not that the Jewish people are so holy, but <laughs> that you have to have 10 people would grab, we want to go with you. But there is, they have some of the light. They have the Torah. They love the Torah and Scripture so much they dance with it. Yeah. When's the last time you've done a happy dance with, with the your Word? Bible, yes. With your Bible. <laughs> I've seen them dance with the yes. Torah. Yeah. And, and on buses, they would read the Bible. Who reads the Bible? They read a book of Psalms on the buses, you know. And I'm sitting there looking at my iPhone or whatever, you know. <laughs> but 10 men are going to grab the robe of a Jew I believe the robe of the Jew that they're grabbing on is Yeshua. Yeshua, Amen. Yeshua our Savior, because we want to go with you. We know that we've heard that God is with you. Yes. And 
There are several sites now, one for Israel, that oh, yes. you go there and hear the testimonies. YouTube. Some of the people that have come back, they do what, short one-minute or two-minute testimonies? Yeah. Or yeah, three, five, six minutes. Three, yeah. five, six minutes. I would just urge, go to One for Israel on YouTube and hear what God is doing in this land. It's Get excited. It's not the troubles. Yes, they have troubles. When they're not fighting a war, they have troubles with strikes and economic or politics and even now. But God is moving yes. in there. And yes. I just want to encourage this next generation. Come see what the Lord is doing. Come to Israel and, yes. and do that. And don't get your history from the news networks. That's the truth. Find the true history of Israel and books that... What is the best way to find books that tell the true history well, of Israel? Well, start with that, the Bible. The Bible, yes. But, yes. but if you go to yes. the bookstore, because if you get a lot of them are slanted. Yeah. But when you get the real history of Israel up at the time through the British, you know, yeah. mandate, all that, and and the stories, you know, on the miracles of the wars, you know, we have some amazing books on that. But when you know the real history of what actually happened, you know, on the day of the of 1948, when um, the day of independence, when all the Arab armies, did you know the Iraq army came down too? Yeah. How well, you won't hear, maybe hear that in your history book. And, and it was one regiment in a police station that was left, the British left it full of arms, you know, for the Arabs to have and gave them, told them where the key was. <laughs> the message was in, uh, intercepted and, uh, the Jewish settlers got there first. A handful of them. handful of them and Something had like all these weapons. And here comes the whole Iraq army. And this is right on the border of Jordan. And the only railroad tracks that crossed there, it was a railroad line that went from Damascus to Egypt. Yeah. It was one railroad line. The British built it. And they're, so they're all coming. And so they're shooting at the whole Iraqi army with handguns. And the Iraqi army has tanks. But what they didn't know is when they're starting to shoot some of these arms, they were tracer bullets, and they caught the bush on fire. Mm. And the wind blew, the wind came up, and it blew the flyer right into the Iraqi army, and they had to retreat and flee and go another way. I mean, you won't hear that on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> but that's miracle after miracle after miracle. And if you get the right books, it'll you'll understand God's heart for this people and how his word will come to pass. Even on your iPhone or on your Android, you can Google, and there are sites that will uh, bring you. There's so much, uh, I would just say, misinformation there. Yeah. Yeah. Let the Spirit of God lead you yeah. that said, if you seek after the truth, and the truth is Jesus. He's the way and the truth and the light, but he can guide you in the right information to feed your spirit, to feed it, grow in knowledge. And... I would just do that. We've built up a library of, of books starting with their early history and the liberation of Jerusalem. And to come alongside these people, they are not oppressors. They are beautiful people that really want to live in peace. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other side keeps stirring them up. I would like to finish with what God isn't finished yet with this nation. Amen. That's right. And that even though often it's more pause button than I would like, 
people keep looking at the Mount of Olives that maybe this is the time when Jesus is going to return. I was the year 2000, and I think they had <laughs> 40 reporters up on the Mount of Olives <laughs> all waiting at midnight in 1999-2000 because they thought, well, maybe he's coming on the Gregorian calendar. Now, Jesus is coming on his own calendar. He's got, he's got right. his you know, calendar. Maybe the Hebrew calendar, but I believe that it's not yet. He's not done with his people. And if we're looking at when Jesus is coming— Keep your eye on Israel. Israel is God's prophetic time clock. That's right. And, uh, you know, often we think, oh, well, this and this in the world here. But just briefly in Ezekiel 36, it talks about 10 I wills, that what God said he's going Mm -hmm. to do, and he's working on that. One in Ezekiel uh, 36.10, I'll sprinkle clean water on you, and you should be clean from all your filthiness. Yes. Well, I know who the water of life is. That's right. And I pray for that water of life to fall Mm -hmm. down on on them and not sprinkle them, immerse them as well. So a new heart will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. That is a promise to all of Israel, yes. all of the Jewish people. And that, I don't know if you know what a heart transplant does, but it just <laughs> transforms yeah. you. You have new energy and everything else. I want the heart of Jesus in these people. Amen. A new heart. Also, I'll put my spirit within you. You're going to have a new heart, but hear my spirit, the spirit of the Lord. Yes. And so we're there. What are we praying for? Come, Lord Jesus, and bring your spirit anew and afresh. I'm looking for that latter-day end-time revival. God says in Joel that I'm going to pour out my spirit in these last days. One more time, Lord, that you would flood not only us, but this little nation. Start there and fill these people with your spirit. And that you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall know that I will be your God. Right. Take the blinders off, Lord, that they shall know who the Lord God is. And you can see the rest of you read Ezekiel 36 as you come down there. This land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. Yes. And it has. Just come there and eat some of those dates that they have, <laughs> those medjool dates. Eat some of that. I love the fruit oh, there my. that we eat fresh off the vine, ripen fruit that's only two hours from the field. Wow. But it should become yeah. like a Garden of Eden. And that is more than just the physical fruit. I believe that when the presence of the Lord is there, you bear fruit in your yes, life wherever true. you go. You know, even Israel, like when the Jews start coming back, mm-hmm. it was a desert. And one of the tactics of um, Rome was they would tax the trees on your property. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was cutting the trees down. And I remember uh, Saddam Hussein did this to uh, in Kurdistan. He cut down all their orchards. Mm-hmm. They had no fruit. And that was a tactic. And so, so much forest turned to desert because all the trees were cut down. But Israel has been rebuilding, been building forests and even down to Dead Sea. You know, you have dates and figs growing at the Dead Sea. You know, it's just an amazing thing. The the desert is blossoming as a rose. It's, It's fulfilling prophecy. So I would like to end with saying that we, as an older generation, need to tell it to the generation following 
that about Israel, about his people and the goodness of God, what he's doing with this land. And I pray that just like when Abraham died, Ishmael and Isaac came together to bury Abraham, that there will be a, a, a change in Ishmael's heart yes. that come and love their brother, the yes. Jew. And I would just pray that as we see a change in that land, that we can have true peace through Messiah and come there. But we would just say, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing and for the generation following mm. Come see what the Lord is doing. Amen. Come see to Israel. And I know they're opening up sooner than you think. Get your passport. I tell a lot of people, <laughs> said, I want to go to Israel. I said, get your passport. Rent it under right. Caesar first. And uh, <laughs> whatever it takes then to go and enjoy the beauty of the land and the people as well. And you will come back different. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Gene. Um, we're really excited about what you're going to bring at the convention. You've given us a Amen. sneak preview today. And we're excited to know that God is at work in his land. It is his His time clock. And we just encourage anyone who is, is resonating with this message, come to this convention if you possibly can. It's in Jasper, Arkansas, well, a little outside Jasper, Arkansas, about five miles south of Jasper. And at the Glory Tabernacle, we've got information on our website, globaloutpouring.org. Look it up. Find out what we're doing and come and join us. We're going to be having glorious worship and, and tremendous messages from the Lord and just gathering in his presence. We'll, we'll kiss him with our worship and let him kiss us with his presence. Uh, it's mm. going to be glorious. So yes, we, we encourage you to come if you possibly can. If you can't come, at least tune in on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page, and you can find us there, Global Outpouring. Just look for Go Global Outpouring on Facebook or Global Outpouring on, on YouTube, and come and be with us and, and join your spirit with our spirits as we're worshiping the Lord and gleaning from what he has for us to receive in this time. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. Mm -hmm.